Hello, my name is Julian Kreft and welcome to the Great Design Lead podcast. Um, I'm an agency founder and I'm currently working on the whole rep design aspect for our digital agency. Perfect intro. Is that good? All right. Yeah. Didn't have to know that one. Like perfect right off the bat. <laughs> awesome. My first ever podcast intro. I, I gotta tell you, uh, before you, you said, uh, hey, like I used to do a podcast and uh when I do research on people, as you already know, like I go hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh I was actually doing research while listening to your podcast, even though I don't speak German. <laughs> I was a little bit worried about you digging into my past. <laughs> and so it was kind of funny. Like I was I was listening to um your work Spotify playlist and I was listening uh-huh. to your podcast while I was uh searching stuff online <laughs> to try to figure out more about you. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's probably pretty hard to find stuff about me online. Um I'm trying to like not spill too much about my myself Um, i'm from the advertising industry like we use all these kind of data on people so once you work with all the data it gets scary really quickly really what does that mean how does it Um, get scary so basically what what i started as like we have a, a digital agency we're a small boutique agency from germany have like 12 employees and our core is digital advertising and we are like slowly integrating more into like creating websites creating um, other things other than uh, digital ads um i don't know have you ever seen this like um documentary on netflix about facebook or matter um, social dilemma is, oh, is what yeah. it's called I heard about that. Um, yeah, so all these things are true, and like it's it's staying, it's just scary. Like once you're in it, it's like all open. When you like open the like Facebook Business Manager, you can just like randomly create your little persona of everyone you want to target. Wow, know, it just like creeps me out <laughs> whenever <laughs> I think about it. I I was uh so I couldn't translate the episode. I tried googling how to do that and I couldn't figure it out. Like your your podcast episodes, but I translated okay. the um the bio part and a lot of it was like about social media, about all of these different platforms and stuff like that. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, like I know he does Webflow, but like also all of these other things too." <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, the podcast was actually um kind of a short thing that we did. Um so Maybe I should like go back to the past and work it up from there. Um, so I I used to go to college. I went to college for advertising or like business psychology and economics in Germany. Um, and back then um, I had no money. And here in Germany, it's it's not a common thing to go into student debt or anything like that. Like university is free, and you just go to college and like get your education. Um, but they are like these niche studies, just like advertising psychology that you have to go to a private school for. And since we don't have the whole like student loan system, you can't just get a credit or a loan or anything like that. So I kind of like tried to figure out how I could pay for the whole thing. And I was like, well, it was like in 2016 or so. I was like, well, social media is like a thing. Um, I could tell like businesses and startups about it and just like, do that as like a little side hustle and afford my studies with that finance them a little bit and like there was like i needed like 375 bucks a month so that was like the revenue goal for my little consulting business (laughs) 
Um, so literally I would price all my services based on that. So I had like a client that paid me a hundred bucks a month. So I was like, all right, just need like 275 more. Um, <laughs> and that's kind of how it all started. And, um, it like kind of grew from there. People started asking me if I could also implement the strategies that I came up with. Um, so I tried to do that, but then I quickly really realized, um, this is not where my passion is and this is like it, it stopped being fun so um i was like well how can i like find a workaround how can i like, keep doing this like keep this as like a side hustle while still maintaining a life that i actually enjoy um i had a friend in in college um, he was more business savvy than i was um and he was like well we could build an agency around that like we could like actually build a business while we're in college like we learn all these things in college and we could also gain some real life experiences. We were like, well, let's, let's give it a shot. Um, let's try that. It was like, not as sexy, like let's <laughs> figure something out. We are building a startup. It was literally just, well, we don't really want to work um, like at Starbucks or anything like that. Like we want to have do something fun. Um, so we did that and it like kind of grew um, unexpectedly. Um, and all of a sudden we had our first employee and then the second one and then the third, and it just kept growing the past couple of years. And, um, this is where the whole Webflow thing started as well. Like actually our very first, um, revenue came from a website that we created. It was for like a massage therapist. It was like a friend of a friend oh, really? of a friend. And he was like, I need a website. And we're like, okay, we are broke. We are currently making 250 bucks a month with our little startup agency. Um, so we're like, yeah, sure. We make your website. We just need like 500 bucks. Um, we wanted to buy like a used iPad because um, back then I, I never talked to clients because I was very introversial, uh, introvert, sorry. Um, so, so him, Jasper, he would always talk to potential clients and he had this like completely fucked up. Can I swear here? Or yeah, that... that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> okay. I do it. So, <laughs> he had this like completely like broken iPhone 4S and he would literally go to like potential bias meetings, client meetings, and he would like show the presentation on his iPhone. <laughs> and um, you're holding up your phone and, and uh, yeah. tapping across it right now. <laughs> yeah, but imagine like <laughs> this like old like first generation iPhone 4, but like the entire screen is shattered. And you would try to like find your clients like by showing presentations on that. Um, I obviously don't think that, that was not successful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably part of the reason why we didn't get any clients back then. So our goal was to be able to afford an iPad. So we were like, okay, we need 500 bucks. So we wanted to buy an iPad. Um, so the website was priced at 500 bucks, just like back in the days, so I priced everything based on my <laughs> the price of my, my college. <laughs> um, and that's when we like, build our first website i already built some websites just for fun um to, like when i was in school um and that's like, kind of how it all started that's where we have this like background like we kind of knew how it's how it gets done but like we were still like beginners like the website was awful um but the client was happy um so that was fine um, but then we quickly realized this is not where our strength is our strength is in digital advertising that's what we can do we can help people with social media um, and the years went by, we kind of did this, we're in our fifth year right now. Um, and then like a year ago, two years ago, uh, more and more clients asked for landing pages because they realized that we're kind of, we're kind of at a point where most of our clients are like mid-sized businesses. We have like 
one or two that are publicly traded, but most of our clients are mid-sized businesses. Um, and they all use like very old website um, systems. Some of them use WordPress, some of them use even older systems. Um, so at, we were at a point where the performance of the website really had a bad F, uh, impact on the campaigns that we were running. So more and more of our clients asked if we could help them with a the landing page creation, website creation as well. And it was really the product, like the rep for product that convinced our clients that they wanted to restructure, redesign the entire website. Like a lot of our clients that saw Webflow um, when we used it just to create the landing pages were like, what is that? Like, why is this so easy? Why can our marketing team all of a sudden like implement new changes? And they really fell in love with the Webflow software. And then they were like, hey, do you guys do websites? And we were like, well, not really, but yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, if you're willing to pay us for your website, sure, we'll do your website. Um, and that's how we got our first website clients, really how um, the first start with the landing pages. It was not necessarily our, but it was really the Redful platform that convinced our clients back then to shift to like uh, migrate their current WordPress website to Webflow. Um, and that's what we did. And we kind of grew from building landing pages to migrating Webflow, uh, WordPress websites to Webflow. And then for the past 12 months, we got more and more requests about website creation from the ground up, entirely new projects. And now we're here. And I think as of right now, approximately like 50% of our entire revenue comes from new Webflow uh, websites, which is a huge thing because they're really just start out as this little side thing that we wouldn't even charge money for at first because we just wanted the campaigns to perform well. And now we're here. And now we are trying to build this into an even bigger thing, especially in Germany. There's like not a lot of competition right now. We had Matthias on there, um, one of the few freelancers in, in Germany and uh, also probably one of the best freelancers that you can see in the German landscape. But really, they are like, 20 freelancers slash agencies that are listed in the Webflow um, like partner network right now. And even if you do like a Google search, you can find more than 30, 40 um, agencies that can create Webflow websites in Germany right now. So I remember you telling me that like you used to make websites for fun, like before <laughs> all of this happened. So uh, what was that like? Was that in Webflow? Was that what was that part it's... of your life like? <laughs> I, 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 like I said, I was an introverted kid. <laughs> um, um, I in Germany we have this like kind of like low key computer science class when you go to high school. Um, it was like you learn like basics HTML, basic CSS. Um, and back then I always used like Wix to create my little websites because oh, really? our teachers knew nothing about web development or anything they just like got some folders some books that they could read through and then they were supposed to teach us some stuff so i would always use wix and create my website wix and then just only show them the final product um, <laughs> that's that's kind of how it all started and i was like oh this is really convenient it's like so easy and so nice and it was like it was like kind of a cool feeling that you create something when you're like what 13 14 years old um and then I like got deeper into the topic and I learned that 
Rakes has a lot of downsides, like especially when we talk about SEO and page speed. I learned that by myself when I created big on their websites, always just for fun, because like you can't really start a business when you're 14. Um, <laughs> Wait, so you were 14 and you were like, oh, this isn't that great for SEO. Like you learned that? Yeah. You knew what that yeah, was, was at 14? <laughs> I was always, <laughs> I, I, I come from a middle class family, but like, like some relatives had like their own businesses. Like there was this one uncle that had like an event management uh, company. Another uncle had like an online shop, these like kind of um, things. And every single time we would like meet like around Christmas, I was like always really interested into these topics. So really? they would recommend me books. I would read books. So from early age on, it was always this like, how can you make money on the internet kind of stuff? <laughs> uh, you know, right? uh, like when you first start out, you kind of Google these kind of things. And then there was like, I don't know, I did like quizzes online or like surveys and product reviews. And then if really? you start to dig deeper into the topic, you quickly learn about SEO. And then that's something that's fairly easy to do, but a lot of companies don't know how this works. So that's kind of how these things develop. Plus like a lot of books, like, I always, I would always get like a book and then I would buy every single book that got mentioned in that particular book. Um, Smart. And by doing that, <laughs> I acquired like a fuck ton of books because I was like, <laughs> I don't trust that. Like this person thinks that this particular chapter that they're referencing is the most important chapter in that book. There must be more in this book. So I would always <laughs> wanted to read the entire book. And by doing that and by having no friends, I just had a lot of time to read all these books. So I quickly acquired like a fuck ton of knowledge. And I guess that's where I was like, oh, Wix is very bad for, for SEO. I have no like no like mask where I can like add edit all the SEO stuff. I can edit custom code or whatever. So then I started to like Google for other alternatives. And I was like, Wix, but good for SEO or like <laughs> best alternative to Wix or whatever. And that's how I um, met Nelson. Um, we really? talked about him the, the last the last episode of um, our um, Repflow friends meeting. Um, I learned Repflow watching his tutorials and that was always great. He did these like dissections of popular websites um and he would like rebuild them and that's pretty much what i was doing the first couple of years um and i learned to love repflow and i've been an avid repflow user ever since and i try to tell everybody what a great rep platform repflow is and how i don't understand that anybody is still using wordpress or any other <laughs> uh, cms that's out there um something that you said reminded me of myself when i was like around the same age um, when I was a kid, uh, my parents signed me up for this computer art class um, because like the drawing classes were filled up and they wanted me to like go do something on a weekend. And they signed me up for mm -hmm. a computer art class and I discovered Photoshop for the first time and I thought it was like the coolest thing ever. And then uh, during the summer, like I don't know why, but I was just like very content with like not inviting friends over because I had sisters, I had friends in my neighborhood. Like I was like, I don't need them over at my house. So I would just be like, in the little office in my home on the computer teaching myself how to use photoshop <laughs> at like 12 or 13 years old <laughs> so when you were talking yeah. about like, learning about seo at like 13 14 i was like we are the same not exactly the same <laughs> but we are the same <laughs> yeah i think the first thing that everyone googles once they download photoshop is how to export a file at least oh, that's really? what i did i was so <laughs> overwhelmed by the photoshop interface and i was like 
how do I export a file as a JPEG? Like, how does that work? <laughs> because I would save files and it was always a PSD and I could never figure out how to um, export oh, really? them as a JPEG. That was my biggest struggle in Photoshop when I first downloaded it. So uh, before, so, so we're talking about you at like 13, 14 years old. Um, one thing that's always fun to learn is when you were like a little kid and like mm. when you first started thinking about like, there are jobs that exist and things like that. Do you remember what your first answer was to what do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah. A pyrotechnician. A pyrotechnician? Like a fireworks person? Yes, I love fireworks. (laughs) (laughs) From early age on, my mom always said that when I was three years years old, they um, brought me to like a big bonfire in our local town. And she always thinks that's the reason why I'm so into pyrotechnics. But I I used to love firework. And I was always like, I want to do this as my career. I love this so much. But then at one point when you like start to learn about money, I realized that there's not that much money in there. <laughs> um, and for some reason, and I still haven't really figured out why, I was always very money driven, even as a little kid. Um, even though my parents were like the exact opposite. Um, but when I realized that there's no money in it, I was like, well, I might pursue it as a hobby, but like, let's figure out something else. And that's when the whole um, pyrotechnician um, career plans like folded. And I think I was quickly, I, I quickly like built this mindset of like, I want to be like an entrepreneur even though back then I didn't really know what that means and now I don't like that word that much because of all these like entrepreneur gurus and all these like people that help you online to become rich um but back then I was I was like fully in I would like listen to every single motivational coach that you can find online I was like trying to figure out how to make money online (laughs) what were people uh, that you remember from from YouTube at that age do you remember? Um, one big influence was Gary Wee back in the days. Um, and I gotta say, I still have respect for him. Like, especially when you're from the advertising industry, he has a huge industry. He has a huge agency, and I think a lot of the stuff that he does, he does to get shared, to get promoted, to go viral. Um, but he was actually the reason why I stopped consuming the content because at one point he like kept saying, "I want all of you guys to." unsubscribe like everyone is just watching this motivational videos to get motivated um but then you have a bunch of motivated people that don't get anything done um and then um i don't know like one day it just snapped and i was like yeah i'm trying to get motivated every single day but like maybe i should just start something and that was literally when i then started like the first steps of the agency back back then that's almost like the advice somebody gives you just because they know it's the right thing to do and it's not going to benefit them sometimes yeah. the, that's the advice that you need and it's the hardest to give <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely it, it really it really like kind of like woke me up for some reason because I was consuming all this content content I I like um, did all my daily journals and I realized that I was so busy but I was not doing anything if you know what I mean yeah. like you're always busy. You're always doing something. But at the end of the day, you didn't accomplish anything. You didn't build anything. You just you were just really busy. Yeah. Um, 
And for some reason, this one video just like snapped me out of this like false reality that I built for myself. Really, I was like, back then I was like 17, I was 17. And then I was like, oh yeah, you're just thinking your business. Like these like, all these like people on TikTok nowadays, they're like talking so much about being successful. And then when you like look at them at your ears, they don't have a business. Um, they were obsessed with like zero traffic. So they probably don't make any money, but they still feel still successful and they feel so productive and i was definitely one of them for a really long time um but then at one point i was just like well let's try to like actually accomplish something and it was hard it was hard we um the first two years we maxed at out at like 500 euros in monthly revenue um and jasper and me my co-founder and i we always said that the only reason why the agency ended up becoming something bigger was because we were just too stupid to realize that maybe it's we are at a point where we should stop. Like really? if, you, if you had a if you had a business for two years and you're making 500 bucks a month, you're probably doing something wrong. Like maybe go back <laughs> to college, maybe like get a real job. But for some reason we we just didn't didn't get it. Like we were just like, no, let's let's keep doing it. And there is gonna be a point. One day uh we're gonna make it. And yeah, we were, I guess we were like really lucky. Um but we always say that we we fully believe that it's all about luck. Um, but you can challenge your own luck if you're just stupid enough to keep trying for a very long time. Um, then at one one point you're gonna get lucky inevitably. I'm trying to think about times where I was like. I'm so glad I was stupid in that moment. And I'm trying to think back through my life. <laughs> oh, I have countless moments in my life where I was too stupid. But you're I... like, you're glad that you did it, though. It's kind of like oh, a, yeah. yeah. 100%. When before we had the agency, um, once I snapped out of this, like, I'm successful, um, and I actually went to do something, I thought it would be really nice to, I always wanted an event management company because that's what my uncle did. I saw that it was successful. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do an open air cinema. Um, and I organized everything. Um, I just turned 18, which was the legal age in Germany to start a company. I uncovered the company two days after I turned 18. Um, and I did this whole like open air cinema. Um, it was a total flop because it rained. Um, and it was like $6,000 uh, in debt after um oh, no. the the open air cinema um but the only reason why i was in debt was because i refused to look at the finances because i was so scared that i'm not gonna make any profit that i just didn't do the math i was literally just like i'll i'll, I'll ignore it i'll ignore the problem i know <laughs> like i, I could have just stopped everything i could have been like nah i'm not gonna make any money it's a stupid like let's cancel everything like i had the option but i was just like no nah, I, I don't see it. It's, it's not. It's not there. Um, and that was one of those like early mistakes where I was like, no. Um, that was when I realized you do struggle and you do have times where it's not fun and where you're gonna struggle a lot. And happened again during COVID with our agency. Um, it was a very rough time. We were we almost went bankrupt. But like, if I had closed my eyes again, like I did them the first time, we would have been bankrupt, and it would have been far worse because back then it was just me and during COVID we were 10 people and if we had closed our eyes back then um uh, eight other people would have lost their jobs which would have been 
far worse than just like a stupid 18 year old that had some debt that then he could like pay off after a couple of years. So you had like, in in the US, we call those uh, drive-in movie theaters. Is that kind of the concept? Uh, yeah, it just started in my hometown. Um, I, I come from a very rural town in Germany and we used to have like a nice castle and the castle had like a big like grass area. It used to be their like castle park. Um, and they never used it for anything. So I went to the mayor and I was like, what if we just use the castle as a backdrop for an open air movie theater? And the mayor was like, great, that sounds awesome. Like we want to like get some like events going, like make our city like more appealing. Um, That was kind of the idea. And then my concept was that I could then once it's successful, bring it to other cities and like, build a business around that but I quickly realized that I'm not built for these kind of things I didn't want my business to be dependent on whether there was mm-hmm. something that I wasn't willing to do again and <laughs> yes so then I pivoted actually for the first like couple of months my my social media consultancy was still called Oak Festivals so every time single time I was sent an invoice it said like yeah. Oak Festivals um <laughs> And yeah, and then I, I put it to the agency stuff. Why Oak? Do you remember? Um, oh, yeah, because Oak, the Oak tree was my favorite tree. We had like a huge Oak tree close to to my, my house where I grew up and I would always climb on there. And O-A-K is like open air Kino and Kino means cinema in German. So oh, I thought cool. it was like kind of, I thought Oak is a little more flexible in case I want to do other festivals. But I was sure that I wanted to do the festivals, so it was Oak Festivals. <laughs> I like that. Oh, yeah, I still have the business card somewhere. Oh, really? <laughs> you should frame was that a little at some point. Tree, little tree from Shutterstock that I had as like my company icon, and it said OAK Festivals. <laughs> and and you said you grew up in like a pretty rural part of Germany. Yeah, northern Germany. Um, Schleswig-Holstein oh. is the district, so. Closer to Denmark than to the rest of Germany. Huh. What what was it like growing up there? Um, quiet. Quiet. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, uh, it's like it is pretty close to Hamburg, Germany, where I live right now. Um, there are like I think two million people living here in Hamburg, but I, I wasn't here that often. Um, I guess if you're like entrepreneurial in the sense um you definitely don't find anyone with the same interests um like to this day my friend jasper and i we are probably the only ones in our age group that we know that are interested in like building a company and stuff like that like even now most of our friends are in their like 30s 40s 50s because that's other people that are um even even working as a freelancer like there's not a big creative scene there Everything you do that's like creative, entrepreneurial, you're pretty much by yourself. Um, so, but it is it is pretty. The nature is very pretty here. Um, yeah. But that's pretty much it. Like, it's definitely not a, an area that's very supportive of entrepreneurship, freelancing, or anything in that regard. Is it so? There's one thing to not be uh, um, like actively searching it out. But is another thing uh, for people to be like, well, what are you doing that? Why can't you do something that's um, 
like something that we know forever like a uh, accountant or a dentist or something like that is that kind of some conversations yeah. that you had <laughs> still to this day really to this to this day we still have these conversations um i don't know if that's like a thing in the states but here in germany you have these like class meetings like um I don't know, you're like the class of 2020 and then mm-hmm. 10 years later you guys meet or like five years later you guys meet and see what everyone's up to um and even today whenever we see people that we graduate with they are still like like what is your plan b what are you gonna do once this project is over <gasps> um really so there's like there's like really no support <laughs> uh it's not i don't know if it's different in other parts of germany but I think in general, there's not a very, probably in Berlin, it's probably different in Berlin, but other than that, there's not much support when you're trying to start something um, for yourself, when you're trying to start a business. People, I don't think there was ever a person that was like, yeah, you should do it. Other than my mom, my mom was always like, yeah, you can do it. Like, (laughs) I believe in you. Um, You guys are going to build a great agency. Um, But other than that, people are not very supportive here. It's like, it's like not a cool thing it's 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 definitely more like these weird kids and not like oh yeah he's like trying to build something or she's trying to build something is that frustrating Hmm? is that frustrating having those conversations Um, how do you how do you react like what what do you say it it motivated me really Um, (laughs) especially especially when i was still in school I always had these stadiums. I was like, yeah, once we meet again, like I'm going to be successful. Like I'm going to drive like a cool car when we have our class meeting. Um, which actually led to me pre-ordering a Tesla um, before they got released, like three years before they got released. I think you had to like, the down payment was like 500 bucks. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to pre-order this right now. I had, wow. to, I had to ask my uncle for money. I was like, hey, can I like, asking for 500 bucks i really want to pre-order this car and he was like well if you pay me back i was like yeah of course like i'm gonna be able to buy this car in three years when once it gets released and he was like all right (laughs) and good luck um and i got a call three years later from tesla and they were like your car's ready to be picked up Uh, like you just have to do like the final payment and I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I, I can't afford the car <laughs> right now. But then, um, I think six months later, um, we were at a point where, where I could afford that car. But I was very, very optimistic. Even three years before everything started, I was like, yeah, I'm going to build an agency. I'm going to be able to afford this car. And I'm going to drive this car to a first class meeting in four years. Um, it worked out. <laughs> but wow. I, was, I guess it was the... I was very like overconfident in myself again. <laughs> <laughs> so have you gone to that reunion? No. No, not yet. It's coming up. <laughs> um, no, I actually didn't go. Um, I actually <laughs> couldn't go because I um, was on a business trip in New York, <sighs> which I guess is like kind of a good excuse. <laughs> but also on the other hand, I was like, I didn't know how I was feeling back then because that was my very first trip abroad for like business trip abroad yeah so on one hand i was like yes like this is even better <laughs> i could be like no i, I can't shop i'm on a business trip um, on the other hand i was like kind of fun because i was like nobody believed in me and now i can finally show them that i made it um, but i don't know you quickly realize that in the grand scheme of things you still haven't really made it 
Um, so then I was just like, nah, I gotta go. Um, I I was really hoping to finally get our first client abroad. Um, and it was actually successful. We got our first client abroad from New York. Um, interesting fact, I we acquired that client two years ago. I had the kickoff last week. Really? <laughs> yeah. It was like a lot of back and forth. We like kind of started something, then COVID came. Mm. So the the real kickoff for the relate work relationship was last week. That's a, that's that wild. International client. So I just gotta ask, like, so you you can't go to the the class meeting, the reunion. You're on the plane to New York. What was that like? Like just sitting on the tarmac, just like this is my life. This is happening. I'm going to another country. That's wild. I feel like this whole this whole podcast is all over the place because I'm like <laughs> all these like all these like thoughts are like coming back up because it's the first time that I'm actually talking about all these like events that happen in the past. Yeah. So well side note. Um we went to New York, Jasper and I, um, to like potentially find our first client overseas yeah um and the reason why we thought now we're going overseas was because we got a huge deal in germany um three three furniture brands they were like part of the same group asked us to do the entire social media brand uh social media work it was wow. a five hundred thousand dollar deal and we were celebrating yeah. So we went to New York. We're like, this is the next step. We have money to fund everything. We booked business class tickets to New York. First time <laughs> in my entire life. First time in my life being in the States. Also first time in my life flying for a uh, business class. Wow. We arrived there, um, landed in New York, went a little bit of sightseeing on the first day. And we were in front of the um, memorial, the World Trade Center Memorial just having a little lunch break was like this like pizzeria down there and then we got a call um and the call was from the office and they were like someone was calling you like from the furniture company and we we're like oh okay yeah obviously it's like probably about the big deal so we're gonna answer they were like yeah sure we'll call them back so we called them back and then um the product manager she was like how do you know how to tell you guys um it seems like our boss already made a deal with a different agency. Um, we have to cancel. We didn't know about that. Um, we have to cancel the entire project. He got really angry when he learned that we closed the deal. He had this deal planned like months in advance. Um, so the deal is not happening. Oh my <laughs> um, God. So to come back to your question, while I was on the plane, I was like, we're going to conquer the world. We're flying over the pond we're gonna uh now grow our agency internationally because we are like the g's now we we know what's going on um and then literally 12 hours later someone told us well the biggest deal in history the re whole reason why you came to the states is actually not gonna happen um so yeah that was that um that was crushing um that was the time where we learned that, again, to your initial questions, like failures in your life that you don't regret. That was the time where we learned never spend money that you think you're going to get in the future. 
because we couldn't afford those business class seats. We were just like, we're going to get this huge deal. Um, and that's when we're like, no, from now on, we will never ever um, calculate with money that we potentially have in the future, which is something that really helped us during the COVID again, when we tried to build up this like little pillow of money whenever something bad happens. <laughs> yeah, um, It was literally like a couple of months before COVID hit, um, where we were like really glad that we actually did it. Who was the person that picked up the phone or was it on speakerphone between the two of you? It, it was on speakerphone because um, we thought it's going to be good news. We thought it's going to be like, all right, let's like schedule the kickoff or whatever. Um, and we always like have everything. Like, we, we were together and we always do everything together. Um, so we like answer the phone or like speak on and we're like, oh shit, that sucks. <laughs> what happened when you hung up with them? Like, what was that conversation like between you and Jasper? Um, it was humbling. Um, we came back from this high where we thought we finally made it. Like, this is the new chapter to like, whoa, um, this hurts. Um, this was like a crushing experience. And it immediately sent us down this like spiral of self-doubt like mm -hmm. we were like did they really have a deal aligned or did they just like see something like did they figure out that we dropped out of college or did they did they think this other agency is like bigger than us and can provide them with like better services um so that was rough um and yeah we we like went went to this like pizza shop that we were like standing in front of and just both got much pizza, went back to our hotel, learned that you can't buy alcohol everywhere in, <laughs> in the United States and like went to this like next liquor store. And I mean, that's not, that's not a great start, but we we're like, oh, we're crushed now. Well, let's, let's at least have some fun. Um, but yeah, the, so the rest of the, the trip in New York wasn't that much fun. We still had this meeting and like, um, Luckily, that that turned out great. Even though it took like literally like two two weeks ago <laughs> to actually <laughs> turn into a profit, but yeah, that was a a crushing experience back like then. If there's anything that you could have said to yourself at that moment, with like everything that you know now, and you back then didn't know how things were going to turn out, you didn't know what was going to happen. Is there anything that you would have said to yourself? I met my girlfriend there. Um, really is she american yeah. she's american yeah um <laughs> so that was a plus um, <laughs> we moved we moved in together um last november she moved to germany um so i guess that's a big plus so that's definitely something i could have i would tell my my younger self now um but also like i said the the key learning that we got from this moment was never celebrate before you get the signature and uh, we see this with like the freelance work as well when i'm in the in the weekly um meetup um there are so many times where we expect something to happen and it's just part of the business things doesn't go as planned like there are other stakeholders and it's really not worth it to celebrate before you actually get the signature before you get the deposit because there are so many things that can happen um and that's like the life lesson from back then and i guess 
maybe because we dropped out, maybe because it's just like the normal way of like the normal way things work. I guess you have to make these experiences and then you learn from them, you grow on them. And now like talking about now makes me a little sad again because I didn't like <laughs> bring out this this um memory in a in a really long time. But mm-hmm. it really like you don't think about it that often. Um once you're like over it, it's like part of part of the story and then it's you you keep going. Yeah. So that's crazy that you met your girlfriend there. You were there for like a, a month or, or how long were you no, there? No, no, no. Just, <laughs> just like, a, just like a week. Um, That's so was, funny. Was, <laughs> so, so we were like, all right, I guess we, we have no business tours. We have like nothing to do. So we thought might as well um, explore the city. Um, so we downloaded Tinder and <laughs> we put it, we put in our bios, like we like really don't want to, want to like hook up or anything we just we're looking for someone that can show us the city we are new here with we're here for a week we really would like to explore the city a little bit um and then we kind of matched on the last day that we were there wow um and she actually couldn't make it that day so she was like what about tomorrow i was like i'm tomorrow on my way back to germany and for some reason she didn't realize that i was german um, so she was like, you're not from here, like what? <laughs> she thought I was from the States. Um, but yeah, for some reason, we kept texting um, for months and months and months. And then it was like a long distance relationship for a really long time. Then she went to London uh, to go study there. And the airplane ticket from Hamburg to London is like 25 bucks. Um, yeah. So I would just like finally get on an airplane. And I was like, hey, like maybe we should meet. I have a business. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, that is so funny that you're in London. I have a business meeting in London, and she was like, "Oh, that's so cool. We should meet." And I was like, "Yeah, we should definitely meet." So I went to London without a business meeting. Um, there was never wait, wait. a business meeting. There was, there was, was never just to see meeting. her. No, I I just didn't want to be weird. I, I I just wanted to be like like she knew that I had an agency, and I didn't want to be weird. I didn't want to be like I'll fly to a different country just so I was just like. <laughs> have a meeting anyway but like we can meet um and that's where we where we saw each other and she studied like half a year abroad um that's when COVID happened as well and then we like we would see each other like every weekend and then then the whole COVID thing happened and then we would see each other like on and off and then after a while we're like okay this whole long distance relationship is not working we either move together um move in with each other or like it's not gonna work out and we explored some different options and it's very very hard to get into the states when you're not a u.s citizen especially when you're a college dropout because uh, you can't even like be like yeah i'll be there for study so i'll try to find a sponsor um so she got really lucky she found a job here in germany um a pretty cool job for her as well and then she moved here and that's how it went i'm very curious what the conversation was like when you finally told her that there was no business meeting <laughs> did you ever oh, have that conversation she... with her yeah we did but like months months after. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was really i i didn't think about it that much i i really i i kind of forgot about it and i don't know she like randomly brought up she was like what is this business thing about because obviously when 
we started dating. She like learned more about my day to day. And she was like, did you ever like get that client when we first met in London? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, about, about that. <laughs> there was no client. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that was that. <laughs> That's when she learned that <laughs> there was never a client in London. She was in New York for school originally? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. That is so she funny. Went, she went to New York. She's originally from California. Went to New York for school, and then that's what we met. Wow. And so, I mean, it's that's kind of a wild story. And now she's in Germany. How does she like it? Um, she moved here in winter, so that's yeah. rough. <laughs> <laughs> the, the northern German winter with like rain and like low temperatures that was pretty rough especially when you're from california um, <laughs> but she got used to it um yeah. now she likes it um obviously there are like pros and cons for both countries um but we're really happy here um the one thing like i i lived in in new york with her for a while like for six yeah. months or like up to a year i lived there um and comparing the rent in new york to the rent here um that's a little bit different <laughs> um so with the rent that you pay in new york for a studio it's like depending on the district like one and a half two thousand um, dollars yeah. a month for the same money you get a penthouse apartment in hamburg um so that was kind of the reason why we're like, oh, <laughs> maybe we should move to Germany. So um, that aspect kind of, I, I guess that was part of the reason that comes to why like living here is nice. <laughs> you can have a very good quality of life for the same budget. Exactly. That's really interesting. I mean, I, uh, so I grew up in uh, uh, Allentown, Pennsylvania, which is right outside of Philadelphia. And um, uh, I lived in New York for about six months. And I got to say, it was a wild experience. Like, I, I lived, um, uh, it was kind of near like the Wall Street area because I had a job that was really mm -hmm. close to that. Um, it was a one bedroom apartment with four people living in it. Um, you know, like when you walk into a apartment and then like right next to the door, there's like, a coat rack and everything like that there's like a coat jacket I lived in there <laughs> like they had these walls that didn't go to the ceiling and it was like my bed was like 90% of the room and and like I would hang up my clothes and my clothes would hang above my head while I slept like it was just it was just a wild experience <laughs> New York is wild and in, in both <laughs> on, on both sides like New York yeah. is fun I was in New York when Biden got elected that was oh, really? one of the best nights in my entire life. That was so much fun. Like yeah. the city was a whole party. <laughs> but on the other hand, when you realize what you get for your buck, like I don't know why people are still there. And I read more and more headlines. Like the average rent in New York is like three and a half grand right now. Like I could half, never. Like, <laughs> who can even afford that? Yeah. <laughs> Like and you, when especially with like yeah. stupid rule where you have to make like 40 grand of your like uh, 40 times of your like monthly rent something like yeah. that it's like insane you have to be rich to live in new york <laughs> it's pretty crazy like 
I, I did want to ask um are you into stand-up comedy at all is that like is that something that you oh, like we went through every single stand-up did comedy you club. Wait, wait, okay. so much fun i have to show you something okay so people aren't going to see this but what i'm doing is i'm panning my uh computer over for him to see this comedy seller um like <laughs> the little thing that they put your phone in um yeah. when you go i have that for my very first time i ever went because i i always it was like a life goal of mine to go to the comedy seller because you see videos of it all the time and then yeah, to actually yeah. go it's so wild and when I went, um, I, Chris Stefano was there, and so was Mike Birbiglia. And I was like, okay. my life is complete. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> so you went to, like, like the cellar? Yeah, we and... went. This is, like, a street with all these, like, little comedy clubs. Yeah. And we, like, didn't even realize that we were there. Um, we were just, like, walking along the street trying to find, like, a nice, like, bar or whatever. And there was this guy. I was like, hey, do you want to go, like, watch a comedy show it starts in like 15 minutes so we're like why not like we're yeah. here um so we ran there was like unknown location and then we're like this was a lot of fun <laughs> and from that day on we went like on a regular basis to all the comedy clubs yeah we went to comedy cellar as well that was that was fun i'm i really love stand-up comedy big fan of um people controversial andrew schultz oh yeah one. yeah I guess he yeah, is a little bit controversial. It's a, I bought his special. I watched it on my projector in my room. <laughs> <laughs> I think, but, I think he is, he's pretty funny. But yeah, there was fun in the comedy cellar or the entire like comedy scene in New York. That's, that's like a lot of fun, man. It, it's, I don't know. It is really cool. I think the one thing I loved about being in New York was um, I would be like listening to all these podcasts about, I don't know, like restaurants or different businesses or things like that and I would hear about a, a a cool ice cream place and I was like you know what let me see like where my closest one is I was at my my office at work and I googled like milk bar um <laughs> because I heard the podcast about it and it said a five minute walk away and I'm like you know that's nice <laughs> like all of the things that you're really interested in it's like within a 30 minute walk and you can just like go explore it. That is, that is true. Yeah. My one of the few things that I'm very proud of is my Google Maps like favorite locations in New York. Because yeah. I went to so many <laughs> places and I have this like really nice curated list on Google Maps with all like cool places with like little bullet points about what was so great about this little location. Yeah. New York is a fun place, but you really like you gotta be rich like New York <laughs> is not fun when you have to think about money but if you don't have to think about money it's a very fun city <laughs> it's a very aspirational place <laughs> yeah I, I, I did really want to ask you time. so you probably have like a whole list of um uh maybe like funny culture shock moments that your girlfriend has <laughs> had coming here I before I ask you about that I want to ask you like were there any like culture shock moments of like being in New York for a year that were was different than or maybe something you weren't expecting? There were definitely a lot of things. I don't know if I can come up with all of them straight off my head. Um, I was definitely surprised by the openness and welcomeness. So for some reason, I would almost thought that Americans are very superficial and <laughs> <laughs> you're like they are nice but like don't trust them like it's just like a facade 
and I always felt so welcome and it was so nice like northern really? Germany has the stigma that people are very closed up mm. and coming to New York everybody was so nice and everybody it, it is kind of true everybody's like your best friend and like <laughs> yeah like I don't buy it we don't know each other like we're not best friends but that was very nice that I always felt very very welcome wherever I was um mm-hmm. so that was definitely great um other cultural shocks the prices that was insane um, yeah I never thought of Germany as like a third world or like developing country but <laughs> once you spend like a couple months in a yacht you realize like just based on the currency and the pricing it is it kind of is like being in New York you spend like what like 30 40 50 bucks for a breakfast yeah uh, and like here you spend like 12 I was like, what, 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 where, like, I don't really see, and especially when I came there, um, it was like at the height of COVID and you, I I wasn't allowed to fly directly to the States from Germany. I had to quarantine in a non-European country for 14 days. So I chose Serbia. Oh. Um, So I stayed in Serbia for 14 days. Yeah. Everything is very cheap in Serbia. Um, I I love Serbia. It was great. And I love croque madame. These like really? very nice like sandwiches. They're so yummy. So I would get a croque madame every single day when, while I was working in a cafe in Serbia. And I yeah. paid $1.50 for that. Yeah. And I got the same one in New York and it was like 12 something. I was like, well, my, it was like 12 times more expensive as what I used to. <laughs> so that was definitely a cultural shock. But I don't think... I think we we learn a lot about the states we learn a lot about new york especially in the media and in hollywood and everything so yeah. there's nothing that i was like very surprised about um there's this funny thing uh <laughs> americans sometimes they're like oh i'll be fine i won't have any culture shocks or anything like that and then um oh this is so, so silly i don't know if i'll even keep whatever um I went to the Frankfurt uh airport it was the first time I ever left the U.S. really um I don't I don't really count Canada as different um (laughs) than than but like um uh when I went to Frankfurt airport I went to the restrooms there and I was like why is this so different like the the I don't know the toilets in, in the in Germany are like so different they have like a flat thing it was so weird <laughs> i heard about that <laughs> i was just standing in the, the restroom and i was just looking at it and i'm like where did this come from i've never seen this in my life yeah i, I talked to the guy from australia once he said your toilets are very weird they have this little thing so you can inspect your poo i don't understand <laughs> and i never thought about it like that i never saw it like that i was just like what are you talking about and then he like we were friends and he showed me and I was like like he showed me like a bathroom he was like look at it and I was like I guess <laughs> but like I never thought I never thought about it like that but yeah now that you said it I remember how someone pointed it out to me it was so wild like so like as a American like a lot of Americans like don't leave like 50 miles uh radius from their home um like a lot of people live like that and so the first time I ever traveled outside the U.S., it was it was wild. Like it was uh, Frankfurt and then uh, Belgrade, and it was so fun and everything. I don't know. I I was just like, oh my god! Like the signs 
are in a different language. And it was the first time in my life that I like went longer than like 24 hours without hearing my accent. So I, it was just, so I remember when I came back and I heard an American talk to me, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it was like, so it was like, oh, I feel like I'm home again. It was, I, I didn't think that was going to be a culture shot thing of like, for the first time in your life, not hearing your accent. It was, it was wild, but it was so fun. I, I'm going back to Serbia on, uh, in September. <laughs> oh, you like that much? Yeah. Like, <laughs> My girlfriend said the same thing. She said after a while, when she first heard an American person um, speaking English, I was here in Germany, she was yeah. like, do I sound like that? Because she was like, so not used to hearing her own accent anymore. She was like, that is so weird. It sounds like almost foreign after you spent so much time. It was the same thing for me. Um, really? I heard a German guy. I heard a guy that had clearly a German accent. And I was immediately like, who are you? Why are you here? Like, for some reason, I felt like I'm the only German person in New York. And I was like, why are you here? Like, what do we have in common? Why are you here? So, yeah, do I, I know you? Yeah, yeah. Do I know you? <laughs> that is so fun. Yeah, I, I think that when I was there, I you could definitely, because nobody else had an American accent, I could hear my accent so much stronger. And I started sounding like a Disney character because my <laughs> accent just got stronger like everything that I said I don't know was just like as American as possible and I was trying really hard and I was like hello how are you doing what is up <laughs> that is so that is... funny and so like when so that was like your life there um and I know like you've been to California too um, but when when your girlfriend came to Germany, I'm just really I just love culture shock moments. Um, but is there anything that was like kind of funny that she was confused at that for your whole life you thought was totally normal? I'm sure there were things. I remember one time, um, I think it's almost like cliche, but she went to the doctor. Um, and here you like go to the doctor, they like do the checkup thing and then they write your little paper that says like the drug the prescription that you get so she did that she went to the doctor came out and then from the doctor you go straight um to the pharmacy and get your drugs yeah. and then she got out again and i was I, I waited in the car and then she was like that was such a surreal experience and i was like why and she was like i didn't they didn't i didn't pay for anything i just went inside i he like did this checkup thing then I went to the pharmacy. They gave me my my prescription and my my drugs. And then I I went out. Like they never. I didn't have to show them anything. It just happened like that. And I was like, yeah. Like like how, how does that work with you guys? Like I don't understand the problem. Like what do you mean? <laughs> so that was definitely one thing, which is very funny. I recently I talked to someone and he recently moved to the United States. Well, he's like about to move there. And he said during the interview process, they asked him if the secret reason why he wants to move to the United States is their um, unmatched healthcare system. Um, he went to like the embassy. They in Frankfurt. seriously said that? Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, uh, he told me it was so hard to like not laugh. He was like, I was so scared that if I laugh, I'm not going to get my visa. So I was like, uh, no, no, of course not. <laughs> but I was like, what are you talking about? But yeah, that was definitely a cultural shock for her. Um, I don't know if she had that many other cultural shocks. They were definitely some, but I can't think of them right now. I can't believe they said that to him with a straight face. 
right? It's so weird, especially at the embassy. Like, yeah. Oh well, yeah. that is so crazy. I don't know. Yeah, like I, uh, that's definitely something that's so foreign to me too. Um, like the whole just things. Be I, I was texting my friend who lives in um, uh, Norway, and I think I was mm-hmm. asking him because I was like having one of those moments where I was like, I wonder where I want to live like long-term forever and then you start thinking about like um I don't know what places have really expensive schools like what's what's the cost of like having family and stuff and uh I texted my friend who lives in Norway and I was like hey like so how much did you pay for college I was just just wondering and he laughed at me he was like oh it was free and I said I said how (laughs) like how does that work (laughs) and he's like yeah and medical is also free too and I'm like what It's ridiculous. I don't know. It's wild, but yeah, I would totally react the same way your girlfriend did. <laughs> there was one thing that uh, one negative thing that she realized when she got her first payslip. Well, first off, you only get paid once a month, not like biweekly or like weekly. Yeah, and then we pay like thirty-ish percent taxes, thirty-five percent. Yeah. So when she saw like her income pre-tax and then post-tax income, she was like what like why are they taking so much money from me that yeah. was definitely a shock moment for her yeah to be fair that is a shock moment for me too like i'm paying like 45 percent taxes on my income oh. um that's a lot of <laughs> that's, that's a lot painful. of money that you have to like give away <laughs> that hurts <laughs> but i guess you're not going to get sick and then all of a sudden get a bill for like hundred and fifty thousand dollars because you no, no, you don't get any bills. <laughs> like you have yeah. your copay. Your copay when you're when you have like the state insurance, it's like nothing. And when you have your for private insurance, it's like anywhere between like two hundred and six hundred bucks a year. Yeah. But after that amount, you don't have to pay anything. Yeah. That's wild. So so now you're here. You're kind of stationed together. New mm-hmm. life. New and life. <laughs> I I did want to ask you because I did like so much research on on your your agency um i thought that the name was really interesting and then i found some place where it was like the origin of the name and so i wanted to know yeah yeah i'm good um (laughs) (laughs) so i wanted to know are you the 17 or are you one of the 20s i'm one of the 20s (laughs) okay (laughs) and you can explain to people (laughs) yeah um so when we first started like i said we started doing university and it was just like a side hustle. We didn't know if it was going to turn into a business. Yeah. Um, and back then, our name was, I don't even know why we came up with this name. Our first name was Branding. Branding, Branding was the name. But like, thing is like the German word for thing. So it was like brand, then thing, and then the, the I was an exclamation mark. Yeah. I don't know why we came up with it. Was for some reason we thought this was very creative because we are like branding you people well because we're doing marketing for you. It was like all over the place. Anyway, so that was the working title. Um, and we did a lot of cold calling, cold emailing to get clients. And all of our potential like prospects were like, nah, we want someone with experience. We want someone that's older. And then we were like, but this is social media. Like, do you want a 50 year to like work on your social media strategy like what are you talking about it <laughs> makes no sense the reason why we are better and we always said that while the 50 year old is still trying to figure out the new instagram feature or whatever 
we already use it because we are um, social natives. Like we know how these things work. They are built for us. Yeah. Um, so at one point we realized branding is a very shitty name um, for a digital agency. So we were like brainstorming, trying to come up with a new name. I actually have a picture of the whiteboard where we thought about new names. Really? And we were like brainstorming. And then we like, was like our age is our advantage. And then during the brainstorming session, we wrote down all our ages. And then we were like, oh, we really can't come up with a name. Let's just go with agency 2017, 24 now. Let's just do that. And then until we figure something out. And it kind of stuck because... Every single time we went to any networking party, we met anybody, it was always like, who are you guys? Like, what is your name about? Like, what does this come from? So it was a great conversation starter. And back then when we were still very introverted and insecure about the whole thing, because we we were always the youngest people in the room, that was just perfect. Because everyone was like, what are these three young guys doing here? Um, And what is this agency name? Like who came up with that? So they were always approaching us. Um, and even nowadays, people are still like every single time I talk to anybody or I'm at any conference or a meeting or whatever, they're always like, what is this agency name? What What's the backstory? So it's stuck and we, we kept it and we're actually going to expand um, the whole 2017-20 brand next year. Wow. Uh, there was actually someone that, that had something kind of similar to what you're talking about um it was like something really unique that uh um you kind of have to think about and and you ask them about it um there was this guy that I that I know his name's uh Cameron and he's a software engineer um and so when you see LinkedIn profiles and says software engineer they're like a dime a dozen like a lot of the profiles look the same um and he added like I'm a software engineer and a Bollywood actor but the funny thing is, is that Cameron's a white guy who lives in the U.S. So, like, we don't really understand that. And so how he and I became friends was uh, I messaged him. and I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, what do you mean you're a Bollywood actor? <laughs> and he's like, let me tell you a story. So he, he was like, yeah, like I was um, after college, I was hiking. Um, and I was also like doing all this, this travel stuff in, uh, in India and all these other different places. And he said, and yeah, somebody just saw me and they wanted like, I don't know, like a, a, a white guy extra in their, their movie. And they offered to, <laughs> to pay me in like pizza and beer. And I was like, why not? I'm, I'm 20 something. And so <laughs> he just, he's just in a movie. It's a, it's like a, a, like a famous, uh, uh, Bollywood actor, I think. And it's like something about soccer and like, he has his IMDb in his LinkedIn profile. <laughs> <laughs> so like there's I mean, little things just, like that that is so fun <laughs> it's all about attention it's, it really is all about attention and if you can't grab someone's attention sometimes you gotta be a Bollywood actor to get someone's attention it's really funny his name uh Cameron Spencer is my friend's name and he grew up in Pennsylvania <laughs> and I don't know it's, it's funny <laughs> but um but yeah that I don't know so kind of thinking back to that that time period where you were picking the name and everything like that um mm-hmm. do you like what do you think about it now like it's it's grown like the it's matured over time what what are you thinking about it yeah we were actually talking about that recently um 
we we grew um, a lot over the last couple of years, and we were like thinking, what's the direction of the agency? Like I, I, I said in the beginning, like I'm currently working on like expanding our whole website business. Um, we were like, how are we gonna do that? Um, and we had like different ideas. We thought maybe we should like pivot. We should like we had we used the German word for agency, and then 2017, 20, so people would know, oh, it's an agency, just like not just a random number of uh, random numbers yeah. um so we're like okay we want to go international so we could go agency 2017 20 um or should we do something else um and then we we realized like we really tried to like make like a pro and cons list and we're like well even to this day people are still asking out about, about this and even now when we join a new group when we um join a new network the first question is always what's up with the name Plus, um, in every single directory, we are always the number one because we are using the numbers. So the numbers That's come good. before the, the letters, even if they put the agency in front, they let us out, uh, the, the A's first. So there were like so many pros for the name that we were like, I guess we should just keep them. Like we, we thought about naming, like rebranding into Karma Studio because that's something we really believe in. Like we really believe in doing something good and always delivering more like even if a client a client wants like a website we give them like another page or like whatever we give them like a landing page for free or we create some extra design iterations and even develop them in webflow and save them as a symbol for free because we always think giving this one more thing will um, increase the retention rate and um, open up the client for new business so we thought Karma Studio was a very great name, but then we always like kind of went back to this like initial name. Um, so even to this day, we were like, nah, let's keep it like that. We will now, starting next year, rebrand a little bit into like 2017, 20 agency, 2017, 20 design and 2017, 20 media. Mm. So we can like have our own branches, basically. Um, I will cover the whole design aspect where we will, create websites and all this kind of stuff right now we are doing everything under one name and we are we want to like be, stay focused so now i will be the head of 2017 20 design focus 100 on website development web design um we have someone that's take is taking care of all their um agency business they're like um digital media media buying aspect of the business and then jasper he has great passion for media or like production movies movie production and that kind of stuff so he's focusing on that from now on but we will stuck with it we will stay 2070 20 and we're hope that we can grow the brand even bigger i hope that you keep it until you guys are like in your 50s or your 60s <laughs> <laughs> it's always nice to always look back <laughs> And, wait and then and the younger guy it's kind of like a reminder or the the younger person um or is the the 17 uh still with you guys he's not with us anymore Aww. i mean he's still alive um, but, was, yeah. um he was the one sane person that realized when you have an agency and for two years your revenue yeah. like your mma is not above 500 bucks you should yeah. probably go back to university yeah. um so he he went back to university um and then it was just like jasper and me and then yeah. but we still kept the name because that's the origin that's how it all started 
Um, yeah. We quickly thought about agency 2020, but then we we're like, nah. Um, yeah. This is how it started. He helped us starting the company. He's still a friend of ours, so we'll stay with the name. You shouldn't invite him to like a party like uh, 30 years from now or something like that. You're like, oh, yeah, you're he, still like... younger than us. <laughs> you're always going to be younger than us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like more into like um, consulting now. He's doing that kind of career path. So yeah. still worked out for him. But um, yeah, and we're still close. Good, good. I I did have one question. Um, so uh, you have a lot of video that's available online. And I don't speak German, but I like mm-hmm. try to use context clues and stuff like that, uh-huh. which is good. Um, uh, and so I wanted to ask you about the the music video involving a chicken. If you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> I was watching yeah. it, and with with no context clues of like I can't understand language or anything like that, I'm like, I have to ask him about this because I don't know. What to- <laughs> um. So Jasper always likes to think, what if? And he's yeah. always like, can't we just like do this? Like, yeah. he was like, can you rent? Like, can you, is it hard to get a monkey? Um, and we figured out it's not. It's actually not. It's uh, 250 bucks. And the monkey comes to your office with their trainer. And you can like play with the monkey, like feed the monkey, color with the monkey and stuff. Um so that was like the very first thing where he was like, can you get a monkey? Um, and he kept going. He was like, what about um, a sheep? So we had a sheep in our office. Um, and we always use them, like, obviously, like, we use, like, this, this, they're, like, trained animals for these kind of things. Like, those things are very important for us. Um, and this video, this music video was part of the 2720 media site. Um yeah. And they wanted to do this like hangover style like music video where once the party is over, you like see like all the, the like ends of the party, like all the drunk people are just still laying around and then just randomly have a chicken walk around there. <laughs> um, so Jasper went on his Instagram story and he was, people know him already. And he was like, hey guys, um, it's me again. Uh, I was just wondering who of you guys owns chicken? <laughs> And then one of his like high school friends, I was like, I have seven. And he was like, cool, can we have one? So we had this chicken. It was, it was, it was, it was kind of fun experience. So the chicken, they don't like, they, they can't be stressed. Um, so before the party even began, before the whole music video began, it was just the camera crew, um, Jasper and I and the guy that um, owned the chicken. And everybody had to be like very quiet. All their like video effects and like um, light elements of CGI. Like the chicken was just like walking around. It was like just walking around inside. It had like a bunch of food laying around. So it would like eat the food. And we literally just filmed the chicken, how it just walked around our office and ate some food. And then we used CGI to like add all the like light effects later on. Um, and then the chicken like drove away. And then like two hours later, all the rest of the extras came to like film the music video is jasper like a fun friend <laughs> <laughs> i love jasper i i love jasper jasper is different um jasper is the best friend that you could always wish for um but you have to know jasper to have him as a friend <laughs> really okay <laughs> or to like appreciate him um, 
we always say that if we had met under different circumstances, we would both probably never talk to each other and we probably both couldn't stand each other. Really? Um, but he is he is a great friend. He is the best co-founder I could have ever wished for. Um, we When uh, the third person left the agency, him and I, we didn't know each other that well. That person was who connected us, basically. And we said, do we want to like do this thing? Um, if so, there's one rule. We will not like fail because our communication is like on point. So we said, we can't fail because we're stupid. We can't fail because we make mistakes, but we can't fail because we like hide stuff from each other or we don't communicate well. Mm-hmm. Um, and from that day on, we were always like 100% honest with each other. We told you, each other everything we thought. Um, and that was the best business decision that we've ever made to have a co-founder that you can't trust 100%. When I told him I fell in love with this girl that lives in the States and I want to live in the States for six months, he was like, all right, guess we figured out how we're going to be a remote country from now, country from, wow. uh, company from now on. So it was literally like the reason why we were really lucky why we could figure out this whole remote thing was because my girlfriend lived in the States and I had to work from the States. So that's why he was like, all right, we're going to be a remote agents from now on. Let's figure out how we can do this. Um, so yeah, it is, it is very great to have him around. Um, he's great in everything business related. He's really, really creative. Um, and one of the main reasons, the main reason why we survived the COVID pandemic Um and one of the main reasons why the agency is where it is today. So it seems like you have two really uh, strong relationships that we talked about. We're talking about your girlfriend and we're talking about Jasper. So I wanted to ask you, sometimes you look back on your life and you're like, oh, I, I learned this or I learned that from this person. So was there anything really like that sticks out in your head of like what you learned about yourself having a business partner and then what you learned about yourself having a romantic <laughs> life partner mm-hmm. <laughs> um there's a, like this one lesson that kind of combines both is that 100% honesty and transparency is what makes you success successful both in business life and in personal life I think um, if you open the website of our agency right now, um, it says our goal is to be the most transparent agency in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like a huge thing that I've learned. This is something that is, was important for a long distance relationship. And it's also important for a business that really depends on the two co-founders, at least back in the days. Being 100% honest and telling the truth, even if it hurts, like you said, there's some truth that, you have to hear but you don't want to hear um it's really really important and there were a lot of truths that we had to face where we're like yeah like a long distance relationship does work out but only for a certain period of time or um in the agency we try to do certain things but like we always try to be like the best bosses in the world. We always wanted to be friends with our employees. And at some point we realized that's a mistake. You're like, you can't, even though you like your employees so much, you need this like hierarchy a little bit. 
mm-hmm. to be able to um, work in a business to sustain a business um, and being like blatantly honest to each other and always ask yourself am I on the right path is what I'm doing the right thing and having someone that is willing to tell you the truth even if it hurts is in my opinion the key to both personal and um, work relationships and success so like there are a lot of moments that I'm guessing that you probably had to see see this or or like experience this um I think that I I don't know I think that my most successful relationships in life are definitely the ones where you feel comfortable enough to be honest and also that this person is actually going to be able to accept it and uh and not freak out or like not make fun of you or anything like that so do you feel like it's kind of like a two-way thing 100 percent um yeah i had i had really really good friends in my life that i lost because i was honest with them and they didn't want to hear the truth like i know like you change like when i don't know when you're like a teenager and you try to be like cool or whatever and you tell that person you're not you anymore you're just trying to be cool um and that person didn't like take it the right way maybe i didn't phrase the right way or um one of my friends him and i we thought about moving in together and i realized that i would prefer to live by myself and i was like i don't want to live with you like i want to live by myself i think i need my space and that person didn't take it the right way and i really think that it takes someone that understands that this way of communication is it's very like it can hurt sometimes but it also benefits both parties if you both talk to each other on the same level I think that there's something that's really nice about surrounding yourself with people that actually tell you what they think um but there definitely is some uh growing pains if you've never really experienced that before (laughs) I think uh yeah so uh I my my boyfriend's Serbian and so he's very like direct and upfront and stubborn um <laughs> and uh there's definitely were a couple of times where he would like tell me exactly what he thought and I would go like well like why'd you have to say it though like why did you have to be honest <laughs> with me about like like why can't you be uh, uh polite and why can't you like uh do, give all these filler words um uh, instead of being so direct and then later on I started to really appreciate that because I'm like no matter what this person's always going to tell me like they're not going to sugarcoat anything they're not going to tell me something that's not true just to make me feel better you kind of start to feel more comfortable with those people and so I bet you that people who have noticed that in you probably feel a lot more comfortable with you I'm guessing yeah you you know what you're up to you know we do the same thing with clients too um we tell them the truth and sometimes the truth is we can't make it work and sometimes the truth is there's something that you have to work on like maybe it's the landing page maybe it's your way of communication like we had we had instances where we went through like three four reviews where you have to tell the client your feedback is not good enough like we need your feedback in like we, we need specific or something like that um and i think 
in the end it is always the best way to be very very blatant and like truthful obviously you have to sugarcoat it sometimes um you have to sugarcoat personal relationships and especially in business relationships mm -hmm. but the quintessence should always be there like you should always like get down to the point and like get your point across because i think that's make things a lot that's gonna make things a lot easier for you um and that helps you to be successful in both uh, personal relationships and business relationships when you were a kid did anybody ever talk to you about the compliment sandwich <laughs> That's something I learned from Jasper. Oh, really? <laughs> but literally, after the fifth employee or so, like it, it took us a really long time to understand how we have to talk to people. Mm -hmm. um, and then he read about it somewhere. We're like, we were trying to become better leaders because yeah. we realized that a lot of employees either quit or we fired them. Like mm. in the first, in the first five, in the first five years, in the first two years. Mm -hmm. we we went through like five employees a year or so and we we only had five employees like literally like the the like team section on our website would shuffle through like <laughs> random faces every couple months and we realized that this was our fault and then he was like he was like we're doing research and like how can we become better leaders and that's where we first learned about this like compliment sandwich <laughs> methodology <laughs> And for, for anybody that doesn't know, it's the, you start out with a compliment and then you have your constructive criticism and then you follow that up with a compliment. So people don't feel like they're being attacked, but you can still tell them what you're, what you're really trying to say. Um, exactly. <laughs> I like that the design, like this new draft, like came together so quickly. However, I would change these two, three things, but the way you like implemented the graphics Perfect. I really like this. That's such of... a good template. <laughs> <laughs> Works really well. So looking back on like when your your first couple of months and your first couple of years, um, that's that's actually something that's really unique for somebody to do to not think, oh, everybody else is wrong. I'm great and and just like blind confidence it, to actually like take a step back and say hey like how could I be better maybe there's something that I'm doing because not a lot of people think like that so I think that that's I think that that's really good the I love to read like I said and one of my favorite authors is Ryan Holiday um he wrote some really great books like The Daily Stoic or The Obstacle is the Way um, and my favorite book, this is actually the book that I give to people most often, which some people take it as an insult, is Ego is the Enemy. Ego um, is the Enemy. The, ego is the Enemy. The German version even says your ego is the enemy or your ego is your enemy. So it's, <laughs> it's even more insulting. <laughs> um, but that book is talking a lot about that. It talks about yeah. historic um, philosophy and about the fact that most people try to find mistakes um, anywhere except for themselves. Um, and the problem with that is you can't fix mistakes of other, of other people. You can only fix your own mistakes. And if you take that approach, it's a lot easier to overcome obstacles, to fix issues, and to um, get on the right path again. 
I yeah, I think it's a lot um it's it sounds a lot like uh I don't know, not the same thing, but similar to um what's the word? Um like you can't control how other people act, but you can control how you react to it. It's not the same mm-hmm. thing. Um, but I, I'm just imagining you actually like gifting them three books and like like the first one is how to deal with being a great employee, like all of the the drawbacks of being a great employee and then ego is the enemy and the last one being like how to deal with being too handsome like just giving them <laughs> the book sandwich <laughs> uh the the middle the middle one's the most important but like um enjoy this gift of mine <laughs> <laughs> that would be probably better approach than just telling them hey your ego is the enemy you should probably look at <laughs> So if you think back to like uh like 20 year old you um is there anything that you would really say to yourself about um uh leading people and having a team um so i i like i'm imagining like uh one would be i don't know maybe like you're not always right and always try to <laughs> uh try to see things from other people's perspectives that's one that i think i'm getting from you um, but like, what are you thinking about that? If you were to talk to twenty-year-old you about you now, um, the first one, which is one of the most important ones, is a company isn't a family; it's a team. Mm. Um, because a team will always stand up for each other and will always help for each other. But if your performance is not on par, um you are not part of the team anymore um mm-hmm. and that's a hard truth but that's the reality and the whole the company is a family is just something to manipulate employees to work more mm-hmm. um but it's not the actual truth the actual truth is that you're a team and that the goal is to stand up for each other and the goal is to help each other and be there for each other at any times and good teammates are exactly that um but it's also a work relationship and the entire team is working towards the goal. And if one link in the chain is too weak, um, inevitably that has to change either by the employee's performance or the person has to go. Um, and that's something that I had to learn. Um, we held on to people for a really long time because we wanted this family and it wasn't, it's, that's just like a nice thing to think of but it's not the reality um Mm -hmm. with that comes also your employees are not your friends um when you start a company you start to get very very lonely um because you work late hours you have your problems are all of a sudden like top problems that nobody can really relate to so once you have employees they are the only people that you can talk to and i made the big mistake early on that i would tell them a lot about my feelings a lot about my personal problems because you had nobody else to talk to and that makes it very problematic to maintain this um, boss employee relationship um, if you have an employee that's not like your real friend because they're just like your employee but you can't tend to forget that especially when everything is new and it's like a new thing for you Um, so these two things primarily um, and then we, when we first started the agency, we went to like a workshop where a guy said that it's very important to tell 
the team when they did something good. And we were like making fun of them. We're like, of course, like if someone does something good, I'm going to tell them like who on earth needs a reminder for that. Um, but after a year or two, we realized that we stopped doing that because you get so involved in so many things. You like, and you're like not, you're not next to the person that's working on the project at any times and you're not involved in everything. And we realized that we forgot to show appreciation because you very quickly lose contact. You like don't yeah. touch base every single day with every single employee. Um, and that's something that we had to remind ourselves that the whole agency is nothing without every single person involved. Um, and at this point, almost everyone that works at the agency knows more about at least one or two topics than me. Um, and we couldn't fulfill most of our clients' briefs, most of our projects, if we hadn't these particular employees. Mm -hmm. And showing them how much they achieved and how much, how big they are part of the whole agency is something that I find very important. Like they often don't realize that this is like a huge thing. The website that they've built is getting like a million hits a month. And they're like, wow. I didn't realize how much I like contributed to the whole thing. Or um, we are very transparent with our pricing. Like every single employee knows our every single salary, our monthly revenue, our yearly revenue, and every single project revenue. So making them realize that they just worked on a project that brought in like 50 grand is something that to us is very important that they realize, whoa, I just created value that's like an equivalent of like 50 grand or whatever, which is something that is like I find really because that's something where I draw a lot of my confidence from that we are able to build value out of nothing. And I've learned that it's really important to let everyone know that they're a very important part in that. Because a lot of times people don't realize, like when you work on these projects, you think of yourself as a designer. You think I'm a designer and I work and I got the design done. But a lot of people, especially with freelancers, I see that a lot, they don't realize the impact that their work has. You see that reflected in their pricing. Like very little uh, freelancers use value-based pricing. Most of them use hourly pricing. But once they realize what an impact their work has on the client's business, they're like, whoa, I should charge way more. I should be way more comfortable in myself. Like what I just created brings so much value to people that most of the time these people don't even realize What are those conversations like with people, like when you try to communicate to them, like, hey, like the project that you've been working on for the last three months, like this is the result. Or do they, are they, what do you, I'm curious about what that conversation is like. <laughs> so it starts with like tiny things. Like someone sends an update, like pushes an update, like to Slack or whatever, ask for feedback and just like bringing your own feedback in, like not just liking it, it's like we try to bring value in form of our feedback we try to give them very detailed feedback even if i'm not involved in the project i want to tell them everything about everything i think i like the font hierarchy i like the color palette i 
I don't like the picture, but I think this approach, like the whole picture language, image language is very nice, but this picture in particular doesn't work with it. Like trying to give a lot of feedback just shows that I'm valuing their work because I'm like giving, like I'm taking my time giving like very detailed feedback um, and also celebrating um, together. Like um, when you finished a project um, that was very, very important for us, we always call that person out in front of the entire group. Um, we try to find other things. The German laws are very um, hard when it comes to those things. You can't give your employees like random benefits. You have to pay, <laughs> they have to pay like taxes on that and all that kind of uh. stuff. But we try to like throw a party for that person, like when it's like a huge deal or something like that. We're like, we really try to appreciate every single person and like showcase to the entire team that this person did something really, really, really valuable. And, and that's like project or whatever. It sounds like a lovely place to work. <laughs> that's that's the goal. We we got really miserable after like two years in because we realized yeah. it was just like work, 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 work. And that's when we like snapped out of it again. And we we're like, okay, we want this to be a fun place to work. Like if I'm as a boss, don't want to go to the office anymore, I'm doing something wrong. And so our main goal is to be a fun place to work and like in summer we our lunch break is like we're a tiny agency but we try to have like a barbecue as a lunch break together so we take the hour or two to have a barbecue together um because it's just like yes sometimes you have to stay till 10 p.m like it's it's um almost 11 p.m on a saturday right now and like technically I'm working a little bit, like I'm giving, <laughs> I'm doing a podcast, um, but I got Slack messages while we were talking, while you and I were talking from, yeah. uh, from people at the agency or in their home office, they are still working on projects. Wow. Um, and not because they have to, because sometimes they just like are passionate about projects and like keep, like want to work on it. And it's that's because we try to like make this like a fun thing. We want to have a fun time. Like, why would you spend eight hours a day doing something that's like a burden that hurts that that's like annoying? Like, we really want everyone that's involved to have like a fun time doing those eight hours that they give to us. It seems to me like um, really enjoying your career and waking up and wanting to go to work is an important thing to you. And you said something before about like, I was in this, I was doing the social media thing and it really wasn't fun. And I didn't uh, like before when you, when you started early on. So I wanted to know, um, were there time periods where you talked with people that really didn't enjoy their job and that made a big impact on you? Or I'm curious about like where that, that comes from. Because some people, they're like, oh, this is just what I do until I retire. And like, this is just the way that life is. And but it seems like you're not like that. Um, I don't know why. It was always like my very first job was delivering newspapers when I was like 12 years old. And that's a miserable job. You're getting paid nothing. Um, yeah. So there was maybe maybe that was already that was like, I want to do something that I enjoy. Then I had a student job at a software company and all I did was literally they had an interface and I copied Excel sheets into their interface and I would do that for six hours at a time. I was like, this is so miserable. Like, yeah. I, I really don't want to do that. Um, 
And also, I said, I, I, I used to be very money-driven when I was younger. At one point, I realized that it's not worth it if you're not having fun. Like, I was like, why am I money-driven? Okay, I am money-driven because I actually don't want to work anymore. I want to play mm. video games all day long. I want to travel. Um, like, the money is just something that I want to be able to achieve other things. And then I realized, well, you don't need a couple million dollars to achieve those goals. All you need is to build a small business in a way that like enables you to do these things. Um, so that was that. And then, then I was like, okay, I'm, we're going to build this business as a lifestyle, lifestyle business. We want to be able to work from the States, work from wherever while we're traveling the world. Um, and then we were like, oh, but like now we are doing this and we realize that other people have to work all the time. That sucks too. So then we we're like, all right, let's switch it up again. Like the clients don't mind when I'm in the States and when I can only um, have meetings with them in like a short three hour window. Um, let's just do it for the entire company. Let's just say that uh, you can talk to anybody past 5 p.m. And if you want to um, send an email to anybody um, at 8 a.m., don't expect an answer. And generally speaking, just expect an answer after 24 hours. If it's not important, maybe 48 hours. Um, and we made these things very clear because we realized that all of a sudden, we didn't just have the power to make our lives very comfortable, but we had the power to make other people's lives comfortable as well, just by changing tiny, tiny things. Um, and that's kind of how it developed, and we're trying to work on that even more in the future. So, over the last two hours, we talked about like all the way back to your uh, fireworks dreams. <laughs> we talked about college. We talked about being in New York and everything, and and the whole the ups and the downs. Like when you think about your life up to this point um how are you feeling like do you feel in the present do you feel it's interesting sometimes when you get to talk about like so many years in your life and then you just sit down and you think wow I'm in the present right now what is this like um you actually slow down and think about it um we have our moments um usually Jasper and I still do a lot of things together and a lot of times we go to like conferences in like other countries and on the way back the airplane in the car those are the moments where we're like what are we even doing here like what is this like why are we here or um this is this is my first uh, podcast but i gave keynotes before and i was at a at a conference where like the head of design for pepsico was a keynote speaker and then there were like other people like Pentagram, Paula Scher was a keynote speaker. And then there was me. Wow. And I was like, what am I doing here? Why, <laughs> why are people listening to me? Like what? <laughs> um, so I, I do have those moments. But then um, a lot of times I'm also like, they, we are only like so tiny. Like um, we are just 12 people and we could build this thing so much bigger we could try to like have multiple offices in different countries we could 
build way bigger things um and those are the moments where i'm like no i'm i'm just at the beginning and jasper and i we both want to have like big aspirations and we want to build this thing into something way bigger than us um and i think that's that's like the most like that's how we feel most of the time so like sometimes there are these like little appreciation moments where you're like what am i doing here like this went really great like what um and then all of a sudden you're like well but if you actually think about it we're just at the beginning and we're really want to build something way bigger than this when you think about the future and you think about all these aspirations that you have um are there any things that you're excited about like short term or long term that you're looking forward to right now um i guess one thing is to build a website that gets like featured in the webflow weekly um, email that's definitely (laughs) um one aspirational goal um other than that, we would really like to open up in a second office in a non-German speaking country. Oh wow. Um that's probably more midterm. Um yeah, I I guess those two things are short term and midterm, hopefully. <laughs> do you have any uh do you have a running list of what countries you're considering? Or we kinda of go with the flow. Uh, that's pretty much <laughs> how the entire agency works we we see a problem um we try to improvise we try to bullshit our way and then <laughs> we learn and then the next problem usually gets better than the first one and then the there are like project after that gets even better um okay. and that's kind of how we roll um it might be the states um that would be very convenient we have like one or two clients over there um but we'll see what the future brings. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> I'm so rooting for you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And and like if you're ever in New York or anything, let me know. I'm not too far away. I'm like two hours from New York. So I'll be I'll be there in November. Ooh, okay. So we can catch up. <laughs> That'd be really I'm only a um a two hour bus ride away. So oh. any yeah, it's really not too bad. Yeah, it's very close. Yeah. But um uh I never want to stop talking with people. Um so I I started like having like a uh, a style of how to end the podcast cuz I never want to stop talking. <laughs> um and so <laughs> the style is that uh I I want to know like if if somebody's listening to this and and they've listened to the end and they really really like you like what is the best way for people to reach out to you like where could they follow you or anything like that or how or even if they're thinking about uh, a project and they want to reach out to you about that so how would you answer all of those questions (laughs) i recently discovered twitter for myself um i'm really enjoying twitter yeah um so um just my name you can probably put in the show notes or something during Mm -hmm. that's just my ad on twitter um i felt like that's a very convenient way of doing stuff um and they're like tech webflow founder scene Mm -hmm. and then our website um which i don't even know it the goal was to have everything set up in english once we release this podcast i don't know if it's gonna be done by then oh my my uh 
uh my uh, google chrome immediately translated everything so i was able to to work through it fine Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. and by the way anybody like go to their i'll put it in the show notes um uh go to their website like i love the the micro interaction for transparency <laughs> i loved that <laughs> yeah, it's so tiny but i thought it was kind of cute that was your your idea yeah well it was just like a real I don't even know. It was when Webflow um, uh, published this blur effect. I was like, that's kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, it stuck. <laughs> and um, and I'll I'll do mine. So like, uh, I'm Emily Giordano. Uh, if you want to do uh any Webflow stuff or any um uh podcasting stuff or I don't know, you just want to be friends or anything like that. Um, you could reach out to me. Uh, Great Design Lead is my name on any social media thing. Um, if it doesn't pop up, I'm just not on that app. Um, and then uh, if you want to reach out to me directly, it's Emily, uh, E-M-I-L-Y at greatdesignlead.com. And so this was really fun. This is not the first time we met. We met through my um, uh, Webflow friend group that I, I, I'm so surprised that people come and hang out with me. It's so fun every Tuesday. So, uh, but it was really nice actually sitting down and meeting you and everything. And I, I hope this is just goodbye until next time or goodbye until the next time you come to the US. <laughs> it was so much fun. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. <laughs>